Welcome to another episode of No Challenges Remaining. I'm Ben Rothenberg here in Indian Wells. Uh, Courtney is going to sit up this episode as well as we continue to deconstruct the news that broke on Monday about Maria Sharapova announcing her positive test for meldonium. But I have assembled an all-star roundtable for you guys. I think you'll enjoy it. It'll be pretty great. Here it is. So we've gathered a pretty impressive summit meeting here of some of the greatest minds in tennis journalism. It was debatable, but... All pretty good contenders for that crown anyway. John Wertheim, Sports Illustrated and Tennis Channel here with his Tennis Channel pin on, official TV duty. Carol Bouchard, queen of French media. <laughs> Simon Canvers, thank you all for being here. I don't know, whoever wants to start, we can start. Uh, I guess we'll start with you, John. What was, what was your first reaction on Monday, and how, how do you think things have shaped up for Maria as more information come out from her, from other athletes as this week has uh, played out? This could be a two-hour <laughs> podcast. We could take this in any of a hundred directions. Right. I guess my first reaction was just the carelessness slash recklessness. Yeah. If she were doing this for impure reasons, if this was performance enhancement, why didn't she simply stop? If this were therapeutic, why didn't she seek some sort of TUE? The fact that she did neither, that just these warnings repeatedly were ignored— Whatever we think the intent was, the fact that it even got to this is really stunning to me, especially for, I mean, I think a lot of, I think context is really important here. Part of this is Russia, part of this is who Maria is, and the fact that this is an athlete who makes tens of millions of dollars, not for hitting a tennis ball, but because of this image of being put together. This was just a colossal breakdown somewhere before we even get to the issue of cheating or not cheating. Yeah. Carol, same question to you. I think first reaction, that was just pure shock. Because clearly we weren't expected that. And also, that is so un-Maria, if I can tell that. I mean, she's the most professional player out there, the most professional athlete, uh, one of the most I've ever met. She cares about every detail. She's kind of a control freak. So everybody can mess up. That's true. But that's so not like her no. that it is terribly surprising, for sure. Simon. Yeah, equally shocked. Obviously, thought she was going to retire or yeah, for sure. announce she was pregnant or something. I was, I was, I had my money on Sharapova chocolates personally, but oh, that's still coming Sharapova out. chocolates. That's yeah. still coming out, I hear, in May. Yeah. Um, but okay. uh, not no, no, good for a diabetic. No, no. <laughs> well, exactly. Which was, which is what I was going to say. It was, it was a shock, and then you know, and then just thinking about why she was doing the press conference in the first place. She didn't have to do it. She wanted to take control of it clearly, for whatever reason, whether it's legal or whether just to start getting her getting case in, story, in, yeah. Yeah, in front. But then some of the things she said, I think, have gone on to complicate matters for her. Diabetes, a spread of illnesses that aren't covered by the drug she took, and a few things that I imagine lawyers would say, why, why are you saying that? Cause, I mean, it, it, the way it's played out with the, the big development since her announcement, I think, has been the numbers of these things piling up. It's clear that it wasn't just her solely or even a handful of people being negligent reading these emails, especially in Russia. We don't know if all these 99 cases are Russian, but we imagine a pretty high concentration of them are there or in parts thereabout. And so, yeah, so I, I do think what it seems like the culture of this drug was in Russia, which none of us had ever heard of, which yeah. almost no players have said they've heard of. Can we say Maria is culturally... I was going to say, this is, the, this is the most Russian she's ever been this week. When she's playing the Olympics in Sochi, people are like, oh, she shouldn't be you know, holding the, the, um, 
How do you call that? Sorry. The, the, yeah. the flag because she's living in the States in the air. She's not Russian. And now that she's failing this doping test, she's like, yeah, but that's a Russian system. So I'm, I'm not sure where the optics is. Clearly, it's not good for her. But the worst thing that like more 50 or 60 acids being caught with the same drug, that's clearly um, bad for her. But at the same time, it's an easy shortcut for me to say, well, that's a Russian system. She's not I think, into the Russian I think system. But that, that cuts both ways, right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if she's not part of the Russian system, we all know how much time she spends here. Mm. In the U.S., I mean, you know, athletes can play wherever they're eligible. I have no, no judgments there. But it, it does provoke a question. Given as much time we know she spends in the U.S. and she has these, these issues, why is she you – know, you, you've got an irregular, you've got an unfavorable EKG, and you've got low magnesium, and you've got epilepsy. And the drug you go to is a Latvian drug – not licensed in the questions. US. A lot, of, a lot of questions. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Well, that's the thing. When, when Andy Murray brought up the fact that, um, and a few of the British players mentioned that the LTA in Britain have a system where you can contact your doctor and then they just sort it all out for you, Maria could have done that in America sure. quite easily, but obviously has chosen to have a doctor who we actually don't we know, don't know. Which from. It's, it's not against the rules having a Russian doctor, but I understand. But but yeah. If it is since 10 years, she was still pretty young, we can see maybe the parents still speaking Russian, and you mm-hmm. go for the people you trust maybe more. But also, the thing that she did, she kind of covered up for her whole team. She said, this is on me. This is my responsibility. But when you ask all the other players, they say, well, my doctors, my team is checking those this for me. So we don't know. So if or anything went wrong, also around Sharapova. Yeah, I mean, not one... I mean, some players said that they, they take responsibility themselves. They read all those emails. They do everything. But... Someone in, someone in their team as well does it. I can't... If, it's sort of beggar's belief to think that somebody in her team, and she's this big team, hadn't also looked or well, wasn't... I, I, that, that to me is what's just mystifying. I mean, again, keep in mind the commerce involved here. I mean, if, if I had a business worth 30, 40, 50, whatever million dollars it was, I would every step of the way you'd want to be sure things were proceeding. We've heard from her attorney that she's been taking this regularly, for 10 years. You've been taking a drug regularly for 10 years that's not licensed in the country where you spend the majority of your time. Wouldn't you be really... Again, this this doesn't even go to the issue of performance enhancement or therapeutic. Just from a sheer carelessness standpoint, this is so wildly out of character. I think that goes to where maybe where the Russian numbers piling up might help her cause in some way, in that if this drug was not treated as a sophisticated thing, if it was treated casually like a vitamin and she never even if it wasn't only if it was only available in russia she had to mail order it whatever she still thought i'm not even you know towing the line she didn't think she was breaking the rules there lots potentially of mm-hmm. lots yeah. of things we don't mm-hmm. know on this case and i hope the hearing will maybe get the shadow out of some of the areas because there are a lot of news that we're missing to really have a clear you know even idea it's not even judgment but the idea of what happened and the thing is it was legal until January 1st so we can be doubtful about why she was using it but in fact that won't be the issue yeah, of right. a case let's, let's, go, let's go to that issue I mean this idea if she if she, let's, if she had stopped using it on January 1st when it became illegal well, and we found and we found out that she had right. been taking it for 10 years when it was legal but possibly shady, possibly using it for illicit purposes or, you know, not illicit, but for unintended purposes or, you know, whatever you want to use. To me, a huge huge element here, players always have to list what drugs are taking. This could be a muscle relaxer. This could be anti-jet lag. This could be for my allergies. If she's been listing this, and presumably this will come out, if she's been listing this for 10 years, I think that cuts very favorably. Mm -hmm. If she's not listing this drug for 10 years, that... 
Agreed. implies something unfavorable. And especially and a huge element on her doping form at the Australian Open. She would have had to again fill out right. what well, she's taking, and that's a big. And they, they haven't revealed that. They don't have to do that, do they? They're not, uh, they're not obliged to fill in it. Some players do. Most, a lot of players do. Some players may not want to for, you know, whatever reasons. Maybe some maybe family things. Or, yeah. Mm. But I'm sure you know they promised Maria says so she's going to release her forms, and the lawyer says he's been going over the the uh, form, the anti-doping forms. We shall see. Wherever you come down on this, does this tarnish what she's done up to this point well, in her that's, career? That's, I think, a big part of this. Usually in these cases, we often hear, it doesn't matter what the public think. Let's put it before the tribunal. Hear what the public thinks. I mean, this is a brand. Let's not, let's not uh, you know, be naive about the role of commerce here. If the public thinks unfavorably here, it has huge impact. And, you know, it, it will not impact, obviously, her her sentencing or her punishment, but there is a huge PR battle. We were saying facetiously that for someone who hits the ball so flat, there's a lot of spin here. There has to be a lot of spin because this is about a lot more than court for arbitration sport and water in the ITF. This is about public perception because tens of millions of dollars are what's riding on public perception. And this is why she came out and did what she did at yeah. that press conference. I mean, she, I know she said I'm not the sort of player who would hide behind injury, but she has an injury. Yeah, she, she had. Have. She had no need. She very well could have. She had no need to. Yeah. to she could have just kept quiet for a few months. Very married. She could have. Yeah, Imagine I mean, why it would have been terrible once it's out and if, you have eaten it. Right, then you're on defensive. Yeah, but, but it, the question only only if she was found guilty. But yeah. it's also about defending your legacy. I mean, she has built an unbelievable career, an unbelievable successful brand. I mean, ten years could be like wiped out like this. That's what for me give. I'm tempted to give her the benefit of the doubt until proven wrong or not because of what she did for this sport for the last 10 years. She's been completely, I mean, perfect. She's been holding WTA tour with Serena Williams. At least maybe we can give her until the airing to see, you know, Mm -hmm. before throwing her under the bus. Last thing, were you surprised that within hours of the announcement that Nike had dropped her? And I I think that was a huge, huge turning point in this. And I think for the first few hours, all of us as media, but also as fans, are trying to weigh exactly Mm -hmm. what Carol just said. How much is there a benefit of the doubt here? How much are, are we skeptical? To what extent do we applaud the fact that she went on the offensive? And then by dinner time. Nike came out with that statement, and we can parse whether suspend it, but the fact is they distanced their style. And I think a lot of people said, wow, yeah. Nike. Yeah. They're the ones that stuck with Lance Armstrong. If, if Nike's backing up the truck. still have Justin Gatlin. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Pistorius, and I, I think that had a huge – I mean, yeah. I just following on social media. Once Nike backed up the truck, that really changed mm-hmm. the But I'm wondering if, if she's paying for maybe the Armstrong Pistorius Tiger Woods – kind of seeing Nike's like, okay, no more being seen like supporting those people. We're going to get right uh, on top of this. But also the other side is thinking about how many millions they've made thanks to this woman and one hour, two hours, but maybe the policy has changed. And then you can understand their point. I mean, you want to be clean. That's a lot of millions at stake. You don't want people think you're a a cheating brand. So both sides can be hurt. But I think everyone... Most people would say, you know, Nike are being hypocrites here. They, you know, they did, they did stick by those bad. guys yeah. for so long. They are still with Justin Gatlin, two-time drug chief. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, why why are they making this snap decision now, just just for their own image? And that's that's just as bad as head then coming out the they other get way to get and, out of a massive contract and saying absolutely well, ridiculous. I, I think every company has different business realities and justifications yeah. and risk reward. Uh, 
calculus as they do. I mean, obviously, Head took a much different. Yeah, Head went the complete other way. They were, that, we can't wait to re-extend that's a her. Double, which was, that's a double down if ever there were one. <laughs> There's a happy medium somewhere in between these, I'm sure. Um, yeah. I mean, it was interesting. Within an hour of that, Andy Murray, also a Head client, um, seemed to take issue with that. Yeah. But it's there, there's, there's a lot going on here. Part of this is about Maria, but part of this is obviously yeah. a broader conversation about anti-doping. There you go. All right. Apologies. Thank you very much, Thanks. sir. John is stepping out. He's got TV stuff to attend to. Simon, you were saying just now that the number of cases, and let's talk about that, I guess, this bigger story. This is not just a tennis story, this Meldonium story that's been dominating uh, this, at least our sports section in the Times for this past week. Yeah, it seems to have gone through the, the 100 barrier now of, play, of uh, athletes who've uh, tested positive for this in the, since it was banned January 1st, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. I can't think of any other drug or any other situation that's been like that. that. But you've got to wonder, for a start, there probably are other Russian, maybe Eastern European, if, if this is a cultural thing, there are probably more tennis players who will test positive or who are taking it. If they were tested in Australia. If they were we don't tested. know if they all were. No, they, they definitely weren't. Some players are not and tested. Those who would get, I don't, I'm not sure about that, but those who would get a, an exemption, we yeah. wouldn't know. No. Anyway, yeah, we so wouldn't know. Exactly. We'd have to ask them whether they take it. But no, that's interesting to see. I mean, those are young, healthy, assists, but okay, they're pushing their body to the max, so maybe you're, you're getting more fragile immune system-wise. I remember Sharapova being sick like crazy, several French Open. Uh, so there's maybe a little bit of that, but the optics of being, like you said, more than maybe 100 positive tests with the same substance is maybe the thing that is going to play a part um, against Sharapova because... I, you, you, I, honestly, you I think the quantity goes the other way. I think that the quantity shows that WADA failed in its responsibility to make sure this was clear to people this was the new rule. I think there's a communicate when there's a communication yeah. breakdown of this magnitude, it's not all about yeah, the individual. Yeah, whatever whatever yeah, they, they were doing, it clearly wasn't enough. Because I don't think that the majority of these players that's or athletes point. in all the sports would have kept doing it. I'm sure Maria wouldn't have kept doing it because she failed the very first drug test she took in 2016. Yeah. And a lot of these athletes are doing the exact same yeah. thing in January, the yeah, first one they take. They're not like trying to sneak this by, like, oh, it changed, but I can we still get away with it. I don't know if it. you saw the... They're uh, running into a newly sure. built wall. The sure. pretty smart, pre- semi-predictable response from the Russians today. Mm, what was that? Saying that uh, this is a cultural uh, push by WADA to yeah. punish them for what's happened in the last couple of years with their anti-doping setup. And, you know, and that's a, that's a sort of a classic plausible scenario, but one that uh, is a big accusation to make, obviously. But, you know, it's amazing. When, when Novak Djokovic said, you know, the ATP also need to have a role in this mm. and, you know, we need to know more, we need more people helping us. That was pretty pretty interesting. And I think, you know, there are there is a better way to yeah. I get talk, this message. I talked to a lawyer friend about that who was interesting, who said that ATP and WTA and, uh, I don't know, Russian Olympic Committee, whoever else might have saved Sharapova from this, don't want to do that, don't want to be in a role where they say, we will help you with this. Yeah, because then right. if, if they fail, they are sure, suddenly sure, newly right. viable for it. Sure. So which which yeah. is it's just, it just helps me. Like, you don't want to save some, try to save yeah. somebody no, for that. And should, yeah. should the ITF really be sort of telling people how to sort of get away you know if they know someone's been taking a drug yeah. even if it's legal should they be telling them well, what to the do when they're the ones judging the yeah. system water ITF or somebody in an ideal world and obviously Maria again took full responsibility for this herself yeah. it wasn't saying any of this but I think they could have done something once this, once this drug was on the watch list Monitor it in your 2015 yeah. testing. Yeah. Maria, I'm guessing, was tested in Singapore, mm. which would have been, when she, I'm sure WTA champs, they probably test. 
uh, and probably the Fed Cup yeah. final also, yeah. um, when sh- she would have been taking that after this rule was made, after this switch was announced mm-hmm. that it was going to be legal in 20, illegal in 2016, they could have said, hey, Maria, we notice you have this in your system. This will become a problem in 2016. Maybe that's maybe that's overstepping yeah, their bounds, but it didn't seem like it'd be that hard for them to do. It would be really fascinating to know if she was tested when she went to Fed Cup in, in February. Yeah. You know, after that, yeah. this test, because I know she didn't play, but she was there. She probably was tested. Maybe, what yeah. I was meaning with the numbers being bad for her is like, with so many assists, it would take like ITF or WADA to say, okay, we messed up. That's part of our fault, so we are going to be nicer with you. And they're not going to do that. And so she could pay for this by the other side saying, we're going to punish them all out of that we can to show that the world is strong and for everyone. So that's why the number, I think, could play, could play both ways. But you're right, it's asking also a question about the communication that's been going on because they're not stupid. Even those... And, Probably they are who wanted to cheat. If you're told this is going to be tested in two months, they're going to stop. Yeah. What, what do you think about what this says, this test about Maria? Maria is being the one who got caught in this net, says about what we think about what a possible performance enhancer looks like in tennis. Because Maria, we were on Twitter and everything and message boards and whatever and emails we get. We get a lot of speculation, a lot of rumors about people, acute fans, or whoever, even people more high up in the sport accusing various people of taking these but things. And Maria was never, never in the shortlist of this. Yeah, and this is the classic mistake. I mean, yeah. even even someone like Patrick, Patrick Moratoglu would have been two years ago when I spoke to him about drugs in, in tennis, and he said, oh, I don't think that, you know, what good what would tennis drugs do for tennis players? I mean, it's, so it's absolute nonsensical. Yeah. It, this, this, apparently, the limited evidence we have about uh, meldonium is it aids oxygenating the blood and recovery. Perfect. That is perfect. I've heard tennis. people go the opposite way. The tennis is the ultimate sport for yeah. for doping because it helped with speed, with strength, with recovery. You play back to back days, all these things. And I think the only prereq for and again, this is going. This is talking about someone who's doing this intentionally, which we're not sure Marie was doing. But the only prereq for doing something like that is wanting to get better, yeah. and that can be anybody. And I mean, if you look at it, and I know people look at players with big muscles or like really powerful players or speed or ones who, you know, play on court for five hours. Now, granted, if you want to be devil's advocate or not devil's advocate, but go against Maria here, you can Mm. say the one that people look at now with these new hindsight 2020 is like the 2014 Mm. French Open when she won and she had an incredible three set record. She won four back to back to back to back, really, really tough three set matches on clay against good players. She talks about yeah. how, how pleased she was to be able to get to that point where she could play three yeah, sets back exactly. to back. But that's the yeah. sad thing with this story. It's and now like, you have to start, now you can't doubt question everything. Yeah, and it's like if you question Sharapova, who is not the, I mean, she's tall, but she's not the more muscular, she's not the fastest, she's not the, you know, the strongest. Nothing in her build. Yeah. Like, but it's got nothing to do with it. So, yeah. No, but for people from outside, if you, if you start to question her, you can question basically anybody out mm-hmm. there. And, that, and that's one of the reasons that I've been not taken aback, but I think that some of the crowing that's been going on from other fan bases in women's tennis has been ill-advised because Maria's loss here is nobody else's gain. No. I really don't think so in terms of image. It doesn't, and especially because she wasn't somebody who was really seen for winning because of that. I mean, all we know is now that we have a top player who may or may not have been crossing a line here. And it doesn't mean that other top players, and it wasn't like she was, you know, Lance Armstrong beating everybody by a lot and going up the Alps without, you know, losing her breath or whatever. Mm-hmm. She wasn't 
she was a top 10 player, but not invincible. And I think maybe that's part of the reason why the backlash hasn't been as huge as it might be. But if she, she was someone who was completely dominant, then we'd be like, you were cheating, this is why you won. Yeah, she's played she a was, huge role yeah. in promoting women's tennis in this last 10 years. Yeah, And that's obviously, if not having her around, if that's what happens, is, is going to be a big issue for them. The one thing that hasn't been talked about too much, and it goes to the ethics of taking a, a drug that's legal, even if you don't actually need it. Now, we don't know for sure that's what she was doing. But if that's the case... I think what hasn't been talked about much is the health implications of these things. Exactly. Mm. You know, you're not supposed to take drugs that you don't need because they're probably harmful to your body. Now, the idea that te- that tennis players or athletes take drugs and that they have done for years and they will continue to do so, and we've seen so many athletes get sick or die, Florence Griffith Joyner, Marco Pantani in cycling, mm. so many people have problems in later life because of what they're doing and, you know, you would never encourage your child to do that or, you know, any kind of kids growing up to do that. You're supposed to play to your strengths, do what you can, do as much as you can. And that ethical dilemma is... And, and we're back to, I mean, the communication around them when they're coming at a young age. Yeah. Uh, it's not the responsibility, first, maybe, of the tour because you have the coaches, you have the parents. But maybe as a last check-in, like, OK, we are getting those kids on the tour. Let's make sure that at least once in their careers, they're going to hear from doctors or else what, your, what the risks are, not only getting banned, but what are you doing to your body. And the role of doctors is so, so important. You know, the, yeah. the players, especially when they're young, put so much the faith trust. in the, the trust. trust in these doctors. And, yeah. that, you know, for all we know, it could be a Russian culture that these things are just considered vitamins. And, yeah. Exactly. And, exactly. Maria, and Maria said, and her language is interesting, I noticed, I paid attention to it in her announcement. She said, she didn't say, I took that I was given mm-hmm. this. It was like something that someone said, hey, take this. And, not and she did. Yeah. And, yeah, she said she, and, and she said she felt better. Mm-hmm. Again, and so I think the issue, I think one of the you know things in the hearing will be determining the legitimacy of was this drug meldonium prescribed for a legitimate reason and was it a legitimate sure. solution to that problem. Exactly. And, so and, if it, and if it shows it was, then I think, I, mm-hmm. then I think she's more or less... Not cleared, but I think it does speak well to her, even if it's not something we know in America or elsewhere. I think so. And at some point, we have to also put ourselves in their shoes. They're not doctors. I'm not a doctor. If my doctor that I trust is telling me you need to take that, am I going to check to see if it's also have you know performing enhancing kind of effects? I'm trusting that person, especially if she checked when she first got it, or her team checked to make sure it wasn't on the water list. Exactly, and it wasn't. That's the thing that came up. That I think no player, and I've asked them. Pretty much all the players, up to up to like fifteen top top players, like do you keep checking when the list changes? Do you mm-hmm. keep checking things that you already are, have been on for years and haven't been an issue? And they say no. Some of them say I don't take anything, or I only take certain things that would never fall into that sort of category. And maybe Maria thought that her thing would never fall into this category. If it, if in like Russia it was treated like a vitamin, we can say that's a part of Russian culture that's, that's sure, dodgy I mean, and that's a problem. Sure that's, but there's I a context wish, yeah. here. I wish sure the prescription was given by a Russian doctor. No. No, and which also might not be a prescription. A it might be over the counter. Yeah. It was also. a prescription. It was a prescription. It was prescribed. That's it. The lawyer said prescribed. Yeah, okay. lots of grey areas around it, and and also we are back at this. I think it's a complicated topic even for the players. Yeah. I mean, when she said okay, she was warned five times. When she said it was at the bottom of a newsletter, and you have to click on a link, or after travel, and other times were just posted on a website, weren't yeah. even emails. Seriously. Yeah, I mean, she's got yeah. a point looking at that stuff. You know. And the numbers—that's where I think the numbers help. I wonder what you think other players should think. Obviously, Carol, you talked yesterday to Kristina Mladenovic about this, and explained for those of you, those listeners who might not have uh, read your French or, or seen the translated versions what was Miss Kiki 
had to say about uh, Sharapova, and then you can react to what she said. I think she was really disappointed and angry and said that for her, there's no doubt that, that Maria tried to get an advantage by using something that at the moment was legal. And she said it's not like she has taken an aspirin or for, for a cold or something. She's been taking a, a serious drug for 10 years. So Lenevich was really like upset, and she, she called her a cheater. She said most of the players and top players were thinking the same, that she, she was a cheater. She wasn't maybe the nicest person in the locker room, so so that's the point of view. That I mean, you can hear that. You can hear that some of the girls may be angry because they think that they weren't playing fair with her. So, and we all know that locker rooms can be a, a kind of a cat fight, so you don't know exactly what the relationships are. But you can completely hear this side of the story. I, then the other side to answer would be to, be to make sure that those players have all the informations. Like you yeah. can't you can't go. On record, saying, yeah, but she didn't even need it. She wasn't even sick. I don't know. Nobody knows. I don't have a file. So the doubt is here. I can't deny that. And I can understand that some players are going to be yeah. really angry because they've lost and they feel that's not, that's not fair. And what I, you like or you don't like what she has said, but at least she talked her mind despite yeah. the maybe the PR pressure that was no, exactly. around. She says what she thinks. You like it, you don't. You disagree, you don't. But at least that's her opinion and... I'm sure Maria knows that the local room isn't going to be fully supportive. Yeah. She's been she winning. She's been a top player. She doesn't care. So, but that's an interesting also, you know. No, there, and situation. definitely I know that she and her team are obviously watching and sort of keeping score of seeing who's saying oh, yeah. what this week and, and knowing that, yeah, Milenovic, I think, was the one who came out hardest. Venus yeah. was the one who was the most patient. It's sort of Yanina interesting. Yeah. I talked to Yanina Mayer okay. and she said, Maria's a fantastic athlete. Wickmeyer has her own yeah, experience she, with this. Absolutely. I, She's a fantastic athlete, and I'm sure when she's going to come back, her fans will still be there. She's going to miss the tour. The tour is going to miss her dearly. She was really supportive. So it's, it also depends on, on the relationship, the rivalries. But you can hear both. Yeah, whereas Radwanska said they all watched it in the locker room. Halep was asked whether yeah. she'd spoken to her. She said, I didn't speak to her before. Why would I do that? Which I'm sure is just an honest answer. Yeah, absolutely. And no, also for, for Sharapova, it's interesting because she's going to, you know, it's easy to say, I don't need friends on the tour. I come, I don't talk to people, and that's fine. But when you're in a dire situation and you see that maybe, I don't know, 70% of the people are going to turn your back on you, before she had respect. Mm -hmm. And if she feels like that was something that I'm sure was important to her, even yeah. if she wasn't loved, she was maybe feared yeah, and, so and now respected. When she comes and back, now if, if she's lost respect, I'm not sure if she has. But I do know. Along the lines of Mbenovic, I talked to another a much more high-ranked and famous player than Mbenovic, who was off-record, so I'm not going to say who it was, but who was extremely, yeah, anti-Sharapova, said this cast down on all the slams she's won, on everything she's ever done in her career, knowing yeah. that she was doing this. And another one, which is more public, was Ashley Harkle Road. I don't know if you saw that. Don't one. start me on Ashley Harkle Road, <laughs> yeah, man. But Ashley, but Ashley Harkle Road's take might point. be not an, un, that, an unheard of one. Ashley Harkle Road, yeah. you didn't see, was posted on Facebook saying, like, I believed in you, and you, you know, betrayed me, essentially, and posted a link to a video of her match against Sharapova when she lost at the Australian Open. And she sort of implied in the post that she lost because Maria was taking steroids, <laughs> which I would push back against. I think Maria Sharapova yeah. could be on a bunch of different things that would decrease her performance and still be <laughs> actually hard road on a lot but of days. But this is the proof that Maria Sharapova is women tennis. Yeah. So Maria Sharapova yeah. is seen as cheating. She's taking the rest because she's damaging their tour and their careers. That's, yeah. that's, that's the, the way they're thinking. And what is interesting about this is if, you, if we think about you know, what, what we've been saying about drugs in tennis over the last few years, we've really been focusing mostly on the men. We have. 
we haven't really thought that the women were involved too much. You know, maybe the odd, the odd thing. Yeah, sure. yeah. So the odd little thing here and there. But uh, now it's very, it'll be very interesting to see the men's reaction. Men have been very strong about this. Their reaction has been interesting. More or less. I mean, like, I don't know if there's been that much of a split entirely. Murray was the one who I think was harshest of all the yeah, relevant he was players. The, he was harsh. I mean, Nadal was very good. Nadal, Nadal, was, Nadal went both ways. And Nadal said... Yeah. said she, has to be, she broke the rules. She should be punished, which is, I think, indisputable. No yeah. one thinks. I don't Everybody's think anybody's that. arguing she should get zero time here. Yeah. Oh sure. Um, but sure. Nadal also said, "I understand how this happens. If you put trust in your team, and the team exactly. lets you down." Sure. And you know what? Yeah. Personally, I'd be sad to see her career end this way, hmm. unless it's proved that she really messed up, like wow, and she was doping. And of course, if the worst came to worst, I'll be okay. That's normal. But if not. It would be super sad to see her go this way after all she has done for this, you know, this sport. Does this, uh, in your minds, her getting? And I realize she revealed it herself. She was could have taken a quote unquote silent ban or a provisional ban, and we wouldn't have heard about it for quite a while. It would have been the worst. But do you think that catching a caliber player of Sharapova is is good or should restore any faith in the tennis anti-doping? Well, at least it, it will stop the. A series that you read all the time on Twitter, people telling you, yeah, but they all know they do, but they won't catch them. Even if they catch them, they won't tell. That's the biggest name you can find with Serena in tennis, and she has been caught, and it's been public. So that's the good, that's well, good side. Well, only because she made only it public. She made it public, though. That's yeah, but because the she can't claim No, that. but she didn't ask for the sample B being tested. I think but ITF... So she could take the... Uh, yeah, but that would have come out at some point. For, at the, not, until at the were, not until the punishment no, was handed out, though. Not until they yeah, determined like the amount of... But at the hearing, somebody would have came out. It wouldn't have been until June. Because Croatian media leaked it, and then I spoke to Bob Brett. And that's how that came out. But, but if they have the ban... That would, only comes out when the ban, yeah, the ban comes out. it comes out at some point. Eventually, yeah. But it, oh, if there's no ban, then we never would have heard it. And it wouldn't have been a great thing for tennis. Yeah, I agree. I just think, you know, she's going to... It's, it is. It is possible to feel sympathy for her on a human level. Of course, you know it's a terrible thing for someone to have to go through. Um, if she did it deliberately, then that's totally different. Sure. Um, if it turns out that this is a, an honest mistake on her part, and she was taking something that she was allowed to for her health issues, then you know you you definitely come down more on the lenient side. And I'm sure she would get a lot a lot shorter ban. But she'll still, she will get some sort of ban. Speaking of French people running their mouths, Carol, we, should, we, should, we, should, <laughs> we always do. We are French for a reason. We should, men, we should mention this uh, Bachelot, is her name? Oh, no way. Yes, Rosine Bachelot. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's been a big, that's been oh, quiet. That would have been the hugest story of the week if that had happened without Sherry Pope, but it's kind of gotten buried. I mean, yeah. So, Rosalind Bachelot is a former French minister of sport of some yeah. sort. And she was on a French talk show and I guess was asked was on a panel discussion about Sharapova. And she started she's, talking yeah. about how you see players all she's the time taking, take, the taking these you know, you know, breaks. And it obviously means when they say they're injured, it obviously means they've been banned for doping. She mentioned Nadal being absent for seven months. I guess that was in 2012 mm. into 2013. Um, Nadal's had a few ab- long absences, but that was the one she was talking about. Um, <laughs> Nadal and Team Nadal threatened to sue. Tony Nadal apparently called her an imbecile. Uh, so I guess what, what, does this help any of that speculation, or does this put everybody else more under the microscope that they did catch a big fish? I don't know. I think it's, I don't think it helps. Like I said, I don't think it helps anybody. This no, news. it clearly doesn't help anybody to go on record without any backup. You have no. Backup? I'm not talking about the special. I'm talking about all players. I don't think any player. It's less suspicious because of what happened to Sharapova. Of course not. No. Yeah. Of course not. But I mean, the Nadal case is is, is sad in is sad in different ways. It proves that 
Rafa and France, it's still complicated. Yeah. It proves that people in France still think it's okay to go on record defaming the guy without any, like, you can't quote color color and telling me, yeah, but that's the proof. No, that's not. So that's the proof that they still feel that with Nadal, they can go for it and that's okay. So that's not. So can you can you explain the origins of that for for non French people? I mean, like I know Yannick Noah said something at some no, point. No, I think it, it, uh, she, I think she'd also said something in the past. Yeah, there was I there was that French starts, puppet show. My theory. That's only my opinion. It's like French people don't like champion winning all the time. Yeah. So Rafa winning Roland Garros year in year out has annoyed some of them. Also, Rafa winning by beating Roger Federer several times. They love Federer, yeah. Federer is an icon in France. So that's not Rafa's fault, per se. They just, they like him. They just didn't want him to win all the time. So he can't do anything about that. That's the French mentality. And the other side of it is like just starting a rumor, and people start to believe it, and they come to see him play, and like, yeah, but that's the guy you dope. Mm-hmm. Nothing has been ever proved against him. So that's part of the, you know... Too much talking without any any backing up. Too much winning. And the thing is, when he's losing in 2009 against Soderling, the year after that, people were just all over him. They, finally, he looked human. So they were like, oh, Rafa, you're back. They love the guy. They just don't understand that players aren't machines. You can't go and insult them and think that's going to be okay. That's, that matters. But the whole world's gone crazy. What, Real Madrid come out and back uh, Rafa? And I mean, Barcelona what? won. So Barcelona, at least they're in tennis. I mean, that's one, Barcelona's yeah. one thing. But you know, Spain and France. Yeah, he's and played for you every year. Spain well, and France and sports have been like basketball. We're also pretty, you know, in a complicated relationship. So it's, it's more like Spain taking a case of don't touch to our guy because it's enough. Mm-hmm. I can hear that. Yeah. Yeah, and the PR the PR world is just a mystery to me anyway. But it's gone it's gone. Crisis nuts. management for yeah for I mean that's who, a fantastic. Who sits right in now. a meeting and goes yeah let's put out a statement that's a great idea. So yeah, Real Madrid. Speaking to, to wrap this up, I guess. Let's go back to go back to Sharapova to wrap it up. Sorry. No 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 no. It was good. I was wanting to go into all on that whole issue. What do you think would? And this is obviously just complete shots in the dark. What do you think would be a fair punishment for Maria Sharapova? I think yeah. I, the rules are complicated. The yeah. terms of, you know, if it was intentionally... I think she's in trouble a little bit because she definitely... She's not arguing that she intentionally that ingested it. I mean, she put mm. the pill in her mouth knowing yeah. what the pill was. She just didn't know the status of the pill had changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what from what I can tell, and this is all mostly guesswork, is that she's probably going to have to... Negotiating the punishment going to have to start at two years and work her way down. And I do think she'll be able to work her way down from that, but so she's going to have to start there. Uh, oh, what, what, do, what do you think would be for what would be the punishment that fits the crime here for you, Simon? I think it, it's going to have to be something like a year. Yeah. I mean, if you think of well, yeah, if you're talking about negotiating it down behind the scenes, etc. Um, you know, she's going to she if she if she didn't do it deliberately, then that's the intent is gone. So it's no four years. It comes down to two. The leniency because she admitted what she did will help, um, but she has admitted she didn't read the warnings and that's her own fault so she's they've got to be strong tennis have to be strong about it they can't allow a little three month ban when she's half injured anyway and comes back in time from anyway. Wimbledon yeah. Yeah. and, and Wada then Wada would, would appeal, appeal it so if, I think, if it's too light Wada would appeal I think Wada. a year would be considered okay and, but it's you know it's a, it's a very tough it's very decision. tough and, and we, we don't know if something's going to pop up from the file at the hearings but I would agree with Simon starting from a year I was like six to nine months so I wouldn't be shocked if, if you compare to what others, but she's a prominent figure. Many other athletes are being, and they, maybe they want. It's political at some point. Maybe they want to, to make a, a statement. I hope not, but you never know. But I, I agree with Simon. I think 
a year, six months to a year would seem to be fair to yeah, me. Yeah, I, I would agree. With that. I, I could see a situation where they make it like nine months or something where she can come back for the Australian Open next year mm-hmm. or then just have it be a year and have her come back. I think somewhere in the mm. nine to 12 month range is probably where I would Maybe land. Maybe Tapichev has to stop saying she'll be back for the Olympic Games. It is not helping her case. <laughs> yeah, Thank playing you. for whom? If Russia going to make it. Exactly, Russia. I mean, the whole the Russian bigger picture here thing is fascinating. And if there was, if this was a WADA changing the status of this rule was attempting to crack down on Russia, it's entirely it's not. That's not a conspiracy. I don't know if that's conspiracy theory. When you see who's getting caught in this new well, rule, if 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 Meldonium is a performance enhancer, and if it's proven to be one, then they're perfectly within their rights sure. to put it on there. Completely. The fact that you know mostly Eastern European straight Russian athletes may be using it is is one you know. No. Obviously, a reason to do it from their point of view, but uh, it's fair. All right, we'll leave it with that. Thank you very much, Carol. Someone, thank you. John. Thank you. I'm jumping back to my cat now. Thank you guys very much for listening to this episode of No Challenges Remaining, and thank you to John, Carol, and Simon for their time on the show. We really appreciate it. If you want to follow along with us when you're not listening, you can do so by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com/slash NCR Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at NCR underscore Tennis. You can send us emails for questions for the show or anything else. No challenges remaining at gmail.com. You can also subscribe to NCR on any podcasting service app, whatever of your choice, or even RSS feed as well. And that includes iTunes. And you can leave us reviews on iTunes, and we appreciate those quite a bit. The executive producers of No Challenges Remaining are Pancho Resendez of tennisballs.com and Tal Woolley. Thanks for listening, guys. See you later. And if you don't believe me, ask your dad. And if you don't believe him, ask your mom. She'll tell you how she does them